it's a real privilege to be able to introduce my friend to you this morning. Nikki Sims is one of our senior leaders along with her husband, Pete. And I know that whenever Nikki brings a message, it's inspiring, it's encouraging, but there is a challenge to it as well. Nikki is a champion of people. She is a courageous leader. And I know this word will inspire us for the week ahead. Enjoy. And let's just quickly pray. Lord, I want to lift Nikki to you. Lord, I lift this message to you. May it speak to people's hearts. May it inspire us, equip us. God, we thank you as we now head for Nikki's preach. Good morning, everyone. I want to begin this morning by being transparent. In fact, the whole of this morning is going to be centered around transparency. It's something that we really care about deeply as a church and we never want to be leaders who don't own our mistakes and who don't talk honestly about those things that need addressing. Something came to our attention this week, a mistake that we made and as senior leader of our church network, I take full responsibility and want to apologise for that mistake publicly once again. We put a statement out earlier in the week around the B conference and before I speak any further, I just want to take a moment to read that because I'm aware that some of you won't have seen it and in order for the rest of this, this time together this morning to make sense, it would be helpful for us all to be on the same page. We wanted to send out an important update to you in relation to this year's B Conference. Earlier this week, many of you will have seen that we launched our publicity material for this year's event. Over the past few years, we have been working to ensure that the event is more reflective of the beautiful diversity of our network and its churches. But on Monday, we made a mistake. We released advertising material which failed to reflect our values and the diversity of our network and wider society. We are deeply sorry for all of the pain and hurt that this will have undoubtedly caused. We want to assure you that we had been working on a more diverse and inclusive lineup of contributors across this year's conference. The material we released didn't reflect this nor did it reflect the heart of the team and leadership for the event, and we take full responsibility for this. But this issue has also highlighted to us that across the conference, we haven't done enough this year. There are areas of our programme that aren't yet inclusive or reflective of who we are, and we believe we must, can and will do better. Over the next few weeks, we will continue working hard to get this right. There is evidently much more for us to do to ensure that our values of diversity and inclusion are embedded in everything we do as a network. We know we have much to learn, but as a leadership team, we want to reassure you that we are deeply committed to taking a stand against racial discrimination, marginalisation and inequality. We understand that this means not shying away from speaking out against behaviour that fails to live up to our values especially when it means owning up to our shortcomings. We realise that it also means recognising and acknowledging the pain our actions have caused to much-loved members of our Skylark International family, and we humbly ask for forgiveness. We've worked this year as a network to educate ourselves, to humble ourselves, to listen and to learn about the sin of racial inequality. 
But hosting a few Zooms and inviting guests to teach us isn't enough if it doesn't lead to radical and foundational change. And we don't want to be another Christian voice that says all the right things, but doesn't do anything. The change needed will require us all to reflect on who we are, how we do things, and the impact that has on those who have been made to feel unseen or less than. We are committed to the change, committed to the journey, and committed to doing what it takes to be the change we want to see in the wider world. We are truly sorry that on this occasion we got it so wrong and are grateful to all who have written to us or voiced their concerns. We deeply respect, value and welcome this challenge and the spirit in which it was given. The B Conference will celebrate the beautiful diversity of women of all ages and backgrounds across the network. And we know it is important that the publicity, content and contributors reflect this. New material for the event will be released shortly and we will ensure that across the event, we are living up to our values and being inclusive and reflective of our beautiful and diverse Skylark family. And that statement comes from Pete and I as leaders of the network. It comes from Susie Harrington, leader of the B Conference, and it comes from the B Vision team as well. I realise that reading out a statement, it can sometimes feel as though you're talking to a nameless and faceless audience. But I'm reading this out to people that I love. I'm reading it out to people that I've prayed with, people whose children I've dedicated, people who I've baptised, people who I do life and the journey with. I love you and I am truly sorry for the pain that this has caused you. We know that we have let you down but we will do better and we will do everything we can to put this right. When I sat down to prepare this message this morning, I felt after this week that I, I had nothing to bring. But then I realised that what has taken place this week is actually exactly what God wants to build the message around. Our six-year-old daughter had her birthday just a few weeks ago and she is really into Lego at the moment. And one of the presents that she got was an enormous Lego Friends set. It was a bus. And she has been painstakingly building this Lego in her spare time. And one moment just stuck with me. As we think about under construction, I think it's really pertinent for this morning. So she had been building this Lego Friends bus and working hard on it. And she'd been working on this one big section and it had taken her a really, really long time. Eventually she came to putting the finishing pieces on the, on the top, but try as she might, she just couldn't get them to fit. And so eventually with loads of frustration, she came in to find me and asked me why she couldn't make them fit. So I took a look and I had a try too, but as I looked, it became clear to me that much further down on a layer deeply embedded in the bottom, there was one piece that was out of alignment. And in order to rectify the situation, she was going to need to undo everything that she had put on top of that piece 
put it into alignment and then reconstruct. Or you can imagine, she was totally gutted because she'd been working so hard on building this thing. But there was no other option than to dismantle what had been done and move that piece into alignment so that she could construct again and finish the section. I feel like that's an important analogy this morning as we think about being a church network that is under construction when it comes to our value of racial equality. This week, the statement that I read out to you and the events surrounding that have highlighted to us that it would be easy just today to gloss over it and to try and carry on building, to shoehorn the bits underneath, but actually, God is putting his finger on some stuff in this network, in you and in me, that's out of alignment that needs to be changed. He's exposed some stuff that we don't just want to ignore or carry on building over, but stuff stuff that we actually are pausing to deal with and put right. This is a time where it's clear in history that God is changing his church. I don't know if you remember, but back at the beginning of the pandemic, I spoke about my belief that God was creating a new wineskin for the new world that the church will face. And that required stretching and changing. And it also required letting go of some of the old in order to embrace the new. Right now, it's clear that he is showing us things that he cares about that are not aligned. And he's giving us an opportunity to realign our hearts and our lives and our church and our network to be closely aligned to what matters to him. He's clamoring for our attention right now. And I want to use this morning as a talking point for us, an opportunity for us to solidify who we want to be as a church network and who we are determined to become. That's me personally, as a leader and as a follower of Jesus, but also all of us as a church family and a church network. Transparency is hugely important to us. And when we make a mistake, we don't ever want to be that church network or those leaders who pretend that we're better than we really are who carry on going and ignore or miss an issue, or who, worse still, try to cover up or gloss over our mistakes. When we make mistakes, we want to own them. We want to call them out. And however painful it is, we want to be honest with you about them so that we can seek to rectify them. Thinking about this area of transparency, I was drawn to Luke 18 and some verses within that. Luke 18 from verse 9 to 13 reads like this. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. 
he would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. This passage has leapt out to me this week. You see, we can talk about transparency, but it isn't until we are brought face to face with the things in our lives, in our hearts, in our actions, in our network that are out of alignment, that are wrong, those things that need to be called out and need to change. It isn't until then that we find out whether we really believe in transparency. And I've learned that transparency in the face of our mistakes is so difficult. It would be much easier to live like that Pharisee and pray prayers that don't actually address the true state of our hearts, to glibly compare ourselves with others and think we're somehow better. I can identify so much with that tax collector this week, knowing my mistakes, needing God's forgiveness. But being honest, I can also identify with that Pharisee at times too. In fact, I reckon we can all be a bit like him at times. I want to take a look at these two men a little more closely when it comes to transparency. And I want to ask you today who you identify with more. You see, I want to broaden out this theme of transparency beyond what's happened in our network this week to each of us. Because if we want to be those who are transparent, it's going to take all of us. And I'm aware that for some of us today, we need to have a long, hard look at this area of inclusion and diversity, myself included. But for others of us, God will be pinpointing different things. He's always looking to expose things in our hearts that he wants to deal with to make us more transparent so that we can become more like him. The Pharisee didn't see himself, his actions or his heart clearly. In fact, he prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like these people. He didn't have clarity and clarity is a key step towards transparency. Transparency can only happen when we see clearly. And that means allowing God to expose things in our own hearts, in our own lives, in our behavior, in our attitudes, in our programs, in our language, in our structures, in our systems. It's up to us whether when God exposes something, we will take a second glance, whether we'll keep on building our lives regardless on those things that are out of alignment. In contrast, the tax collector was honest with himself and with God. He saw what was truly inside and he brought it before God as he prayed. He was real with himself and with God. I want to encourage us to be real with ourselves and real with God this morning. And I want you to ask God this question right now, but actually repeatedly across the course of this week. Lord, what do you want to expose right now in my life? Would you give me clarity? Would you help me to see what is out of alignment in me? We want to be able to see ourselves clearly as we really are, not as we would like to be, but as we truly are so that we can be transparent. But secondly, the Pharisee thought he was a better person than the guy next to him. 
and better than he really was. He didn't see his need for forgiveness and grace. He couldn't display weakness or acknowledge his wrongdoing. In fact, he goes on to pray, thank you that I'm not like other people, not even like this tax collector. The inference being that as he compared the two, he was clearly better than the other guy. But actually the difference between them was that the tax collector knew he'd messed up and he was willing to acknowledge it. And that was vulnerability in action. Vulnerability before God and vulnerability before others. Being open, being vulnerable, allowing God and allowing others to see our weaknesses, our flaws, our shame and our shortcomings is an important part of the process of transparency. Jesus was perfect. He didn't make mistakes and yet he modelled vulnerability so beautifully, so incredibly. He wept when his friend Lazarus died. In his darkest hour, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew 26 verses 36 to 46 show us this moment where Jesus took his disciples with him into one of the most painful moments of his life. Some close by, but three of them, Peter, James and John, he brought up close and personal right beside him as he grieved, as he agonised, as he felt that sorrow and pain, as he poured out his distress and that sorrow that the text tells us was sorrow to the point of death. In that moment where he asked God to find another way and agonised over what lay ahead for him, he had those people there close He was vulnerable before God and he was vulnerable before others. I think our instinct often when we feel weak is to hide away. And for all of the rest of us who aren't Jesus, who aren't perfect and who do make mistakes, the temptation is to withdraw in shame, to stay silent, to ignore or to downplay them. But we want to be Jesus followers and we want to be a church and a network who are vulnerable enough to be okay with looking weak, to be okay with being wrong, to being okay to acknowledge and admit our mistakes, our fears and our struggles and to ask for forgiveness and to ask for help. Transparency requires vulnerability. Finally, looking at these two men, the Pharisee thought he'd done enough. He thought he'd ticked the boxes necessary to please God. He says, I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. He's deceived into thinking that somehow ticking the boxes, going through the motions, doing all of the outward things was enough to please God. He lacked humility and he lacked courage following Jesus isn't a tick box exercise. Neither is obeying his commands like feeding the poor or being just. It's not enough to simply tick the box. Giving a tenth or fasting, those aren't the things that make us good followers of Jesus. This guy had lost the plot. 
He took the easy route, thinking it was enough to modify his external behaviour without actually allowing God to pinpoint what was truly in his heart and have the courage to deal with it. There was no inward repentance. There was no understanding of his need for God's grace. And there was no understanding of his need for forgiveness. But true transparency requires humility and it requires courage. It asks us to stop, to acknowledge that which is out of alignment, to apologise, to receive forgiveness from God and then to make changes, that process of deconstruction and reconstruction internally and externally. The tax collector, by contrast, he knew how much he needed God's forgiveness and grace, God's assistance to change. He had the courage to confront that need. Humbling ourselves and apologising to God and to others is part of following Jesus. Being willing to acknowledge our responsibility and role in that which has been exposed is part of following Jesus. But also acknowledging our need for his forgiveness, for God's mercy and help to put it right. Humility looks like taking ownership for what God highlights in us. And having received his grace, courage looks like taking action to put that thing right. We want to be people, a church and a network that's courageous when it comes to acknowledging our sin, our imperfections and our need for God's grace and help. We can't put anything right if we don't first acknowledge that there's an issue or seek forgiveness for it. God has highlighted to us once again that we have so much work to do and so much action to take to embed the values of racial equality, inclusion and diversity into our hearts and into the fabric of our church and our network. And we're going to need God's help. We're going to need God's mercy. We're going to need his assistance at every step of the way. But broader than that, thinking about your life today, thinking about the things that God might be exposing in your heart. I want to invite you, like Aria, with her Lego bus, to have the courage to stop, to be honest before God, to identify what could be out of alignment in your heart and in your life, whatever that may be, and then to allow him to deconstruct piece by piece all that needs to be stripped away in order to rectify the situation and rebuild from a place of alignment. Transparency matters to Jesus. And I don't know who you identify with most in this passage today, whether you identify more with that Pharisee who deceived himself, or whether you identify more with that tax collector who understood his sin and his need for Jesus. Whoever you identify with, I'd like to pray as I finish today that each of us would choose transparency, not just this morning, but day by day, that we would allow God to construct us in this area, to change us and mould us from the inside out, responding to his voice when he calls for change in our hearts and in our lives. Yes, it will be uncomfortable. 
Yes, it will require courage, but we will become more like Jesus. So Lord, I pray for each and every one listening to this today. And before you, once again, Lord, I want to acknowledge my mistake this last week. I want to ask for your forgiveness. But Lord, broadening out when it comes to transparency today, I want to pray for each of us that right now in the stillness of this moment, you would be pinpointing things in our own hearts, in our own lives, those areas where we need to change, where we need to become more like you. I pray that you would give us the vulnerability to acknowledge our mistakes. I pray that you would give us the humility and the courage to be real with ourselves, to be real with you and to be real with those around us. And Lord, I pray that we would be people and a church and a network known for our transparency and known for our courage to change what needs to be changed. Start with us, help us to become the change that we want to see in the world around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.